Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie, and I'm here with Andy Lamrock. Hello, Andy. Hey, Robbie. Good to be back again. Um, feels like I just keep saying that, doesn't it? Um, but it's always good to be with you. What's uh, going on this week, Robbie? Absolutely. Well, we have good news from the United States. There was a lot happening in the United States, but we're focusing on TikTok because that's what's important for us. Um, <laughs> TikTok's so, important, really? So Come the US on. government, amidst all what's happening over here, says it won't enforce TikTok shutdown after a court ruling. Uh, the US Commerce Department says it will not enforce an order that would have forced uh, TikTok to shut down. Um, the government cited an injunction from a federal judge in Pennsylvania last month who wrote that the Commerce Department had likely overstepped its authority. So the government has cited concerns about national security when they were trying to shut it down, as TikTok is uh, owned by uh, a Beijing-based company. Um, according to an unpublished rule from the Commerce Department, the agency is complying with the terms of the judge's ruling. Its prohibition of TikTok's transactions has been enjoined and will not go into effect pending further legal developments. So, and my understanding is that this has been, uh, this uh, fight against the U.S. government shutting it down started with three influences uh, that pushed towards this injunction. Um, so, it does feel like the people that were uh, given power through uh, TikTok, given all this fame um, and all this money, are able to to defend themselves now. Um, so it is a platform that have a lot of supporters. I mean, I've used TikTok before, and I continue to use it every now and then. And it's really fun, to be honest. Um, although it gets boring if you keep doing it a lot because it's the same thing. So what do you think of this, uh, Andy? I, I mean, I feel like, do you feel like the government should have the power to do this? Do you feel like... Um, the best option for TikToks to be bought uh, by a US-based company. Um, what would be the best case scenario in your opinion? Well, I'm not sure there is a best case scenario if we just look at the black and white like that. I think what's mm -hmm. interesting in this is that um, here is an organization that's uh, got mass rapid adoption. Uh, it's, a, it's a typical, you know, fourth industrial revolution type opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's got global market overnight. Um, it's got all sorts of stigmatisms associated with, you know, who's listening, who's hacking, who's got access to data, ethics, all of this sort of stuff. Um, but the people keep signing up and wanting the platform. Um, so it's it's for me, it's almost like the people are talking, mm. and whilst they continue to talk and embrace and use this platform, they keep powering forward. I think they've got some challenges ahead of them um, from a regulatory point of view. Um, there's no question about that. And, uh, you know, there's got to be a point at some time where these huge conglomerates that are that are being created in the fourth industrial revolution are going to be held to count at some point. Um, how much that affects them yet to be yet to be known. Uh, and if history repeats itself, probably not a lot in the end. Um, but how do we create a competitive market? Write something that attracts customer base. Pretty simple. Yeah, and it's 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 re we've seen this a lot recently. A lot of these massive corporations that are um, you know pretty much digital only, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they've all been coming under heat lately, especially in the United States with regards to election meddling and so on. Um, so we are seeing um, you know the question. Rem in a lot of time is whether these um, corporations and these products are actually representing the public square and it's uh, the right of the people to use them or is it a private company where you know it can 
allow you to use our services or they can uh, ban you from using its services if you violate their policies, uh, which could be sometimes on top of the laws uh, or beyond what the law would limit. Um, but that's a very interesting case over there. I just wanted to highlight this one. Um, it is, but, uh, Robbie, though, it's, you know, look, it's a good point, you know, in terms of if we if we think about the fourth industrial revolution and how fast things are changing, technologies um, is accelerating so quickly, regulatory can't keep up. And that's been a, a problem for some time now. But I think this is a, also a really good window into the value of data right? as we as we create more and more platforms and more and more data sit on those platforms and we have the compute power to actually, you know, do decisioning through AI and machine learning and things like that, then how does the regulatory system keep up is the question that we've got to think about. Which is in, um, in a lot of cases just archaic because of how difficult it is for a good reason to change the laws. Um, yeah. Awesome. So switching topics, um, we've recently talked about Oculus Quest 2. Um, oh, how good is it? <laughs> you and I have bought the Oculus Quest 2. I've been using it for a while. I believe you just received it. Um, and let to share some thoughts. So for me as a beginning, it's a great um, opportunity to have a VR headset, an all-in-one VR headset for a little bit over 400 US, uh, Australian dollars um, coming from Amazon.com. Um, and I've tried the Oculus Quest 2 on its own. Uh, it's a very good uh, device. The Oculus Store might be a bit limited uh, with regards to some of the games that you'd like to play, like Half-Life Half Alex. But you can, the ability at the same time, if you have a good in, internal network, which I have Wi-Fi 6 here, the ability to, which the Oculus Quest supports, to purchase an application called Virtual Desktop, which allows you to stream your desktop, and then you can use Steam VR and play all the games you want, which I used specifically for Half-Life Alex, which is, by the way, one of the most mature VR games I've played so far. Um, I've bought a lot of VR games, and this is something to flag, is that it's not really the price of a headset. VR games are a bit um, expensive, as much as PC games, but um, a lot of time you don't get as much from a VR game as much as you get from a PC game. Um, the Oculus does allow you to ref get refunds on games that you've purchased through the application, and it's a very smooth process. Um, so that's great to know. Um, but for the Oculus Quest, you know, I've been playing with it. Um, I got the Oculus Elite strap for the head strap, and I think it's a very, a very good purchase. It's really uh, what's your yeah, what's your strap like? Because mine's out of stock, and they said they've got to remake them. Yeah, I pre-ordered it luckily, and what. Uh, what what it's it it makes things easier because now you have a kind of a dial at the back of the the strap and you just rotate that to make it fit your head and it just hugs your head uh, very nicely um, and it's very easy to put on and put off so I I think that was a great addition to it I I think it should have, it should have been sold with the headset but I understand it was it might it might have been a price uh, limitation there. I got the Oculus Link as well. I didn't purchase the Link from the Oculus because it was a bit more than 100 Australian dollars. You can get an alternative, the alternatives that are much cheaper. It's just a high-quality USB-C to USB-C cable. And that allows you to play games on VR connected to your computer while charging the headset. Um, and I used that for Half-Life Alex as well. Now, you know, my final judgment for the headset would be there are a number of things that are really playable. Half-Life Alex, some people, you know, might just 
buy the headset for that game. Um, I, I think it's kind of worth it. It's a great experience. Um, table tennis has been another game that I've been playing all the time just because of, uh, and I play table tennis in real life. Um, and I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, and I was surprised as to how responsive it is. Um, so that's, uh, another game that I liked. Um, some of the games that use bow, bow and arrows have been great. Um, watching 3d movies. There are some short movies online. that are 3d is very nice, but one of the biggest issues with the Oculus Quest is the resolution. And I understand it's very hard to run high resolution on a headset like that with limited processing power. But it is very obvious when you're watching videos. Um, and it's very annoying. Um, but for games, I think it's not a big problem. Um, so this is just some of the things that I think are worth it. Um, I don't think you, if you're buying it, you don't have to buy the Oculus Link or the Elite Headstrap. But it's definitely a welcome uh, addition to that. Well, that's a big uh, wrap up. Well, mine's still in the box mm -hmm. because uh, it's going to be my daughter's Christmas present. So I think she'll it's be a great excited. Present. So Half Life Alex t Tennis. We'll have to add those to that. But my understanding is, well, I got the one that you you can get different memory. So mm -hmm. I got the biggest memory. So you can pretty well much download an entire game, right? Yeah. So it will just play, which is great. Yeah, and to be honest, that's one of the other things that I was... Because I got the big memory one too, and I don't think... I think people just don't need it. Because if you're going to use Virtual Desktop or Oculus Link, or, or uh, you know the link to your computer, Half-Life Alex is going to be downloaded on your computer. All the games that are big are going to be on your computer. And the games that you're actually going to be playing on the headset are going to be games like table tennis and it's not going to be massive so you know for the people that are listening i don't think you need it i, I mean you can check the games that you want to play and see the space that they will take but i think most people just don't need that yeah but uh, you know i kind of think you're like obviously you're streaming you got wi-fi six and all that mm -hmm. so if i think about it if we go to our farm and we've got no almost no connectivity right mm -hmm. we could download and put a whole bunch of games on on, on it and my daughter can still play, right? Oh yeah, and you can always connect it to 4G. I I did that when I was going to my friend's place, uh, and we went to their garden, and you know we played on 4G, no problem at all. Especially if the game is downloaded and you're playing offline. Um, I think you do need the internet connectivity just to connect to Facebook, um, which sure. has been hacked, by the way. I've seen videos online of people bypassing that. <laughs> um, I, and I think that is a good thing. Um, I feel like it was a bad decision. Um, maybe not financially, I'm sure Facebook knows more than I do, but I feel like for consumer's sake, it was a bad decision to force people to use their Facebook accounts. And a lot of people have been complaining that their Facebook accounts um, have been, uh, were being banned uh, for a number of reasons, um, including, you know, using false information. Wow. Okay. So I've got one for you. So that, that that's pretty cool. Uh, as you know, I love my Apple products mm -hmm. and I'm just so excited to see the new uh, MacBook and MacBook Air out with the M1 chip. Yep. And M1 chip is super exciting, right? Because uh, if you think about it, uh, all of the chip manufacturers uh, been making the x86 chip, which is a damn good chip. Let's mm. not uh, take anything away from that. But it's got to be built in a manner that suits multiple operating systems 
model configurations, etc. Right. So it's got it's sort of like a you know a chip for all. And now that Apple has been able to go and make their own chip for their own equipment, uh, there's a significant pivot here. And Apple are saying that the M1 itself will deliver up to three and a half times faster CPU processing than the old uh, Intel x86 version that they used to run. Hmm. Six times faster on the GPU. So can you imagine the graphics and gaming, right? But all really importantly, 15 times faster machine learning capabilities, uh, as well as twice as long on the battery life. So if we start to think about, you know, where machine learning and artificial intelligence starts to come into play, um, is this Max uh, Apple's way of cornering the market? I mean, they were always the device for, you know, the artistic designers of the world, mm -hmm. and now they're, they're going after the machine learning market. Well, and it comes at an appropriate time. NVIDIA released their their new graphics cards. Um, AMD is releasing their new uh, graphics cards as well that are promising to be as good and competitive with the NVIDIA ones. Um, AMD is releasing their new CPUs as well, uh, which come at a great improvement to performance um, and a very valuable cost. Um, and now um, Intel is on the hook to produce even more competitive um, CPUs than they've already had. So I think it comes at the right time. Um, I do feel like we need to wait until reviewers get their hands on these devices because Apple has had a bad rep when it comes to um, their heating solutions. So they had an i9 in one of their laptops and the i9 would continually thermal throttle uh, because it was put in a slim laptop that doesn't have um, efficient cooling for it. So I think it's great to know that, and I'm sure if they're using their own CPUs, they had a good reason to do that, and uh, we're going to get some improvement, but um, I would be looking forward to see these reviews. Yeah, can't wait. So uh, that's a lot. Absolutely. TikTok, Oculus, Mac, it's all happening awesome. in this episode. <laughs> awesome. And that's the end of this episode of the Moving Forward podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Andy, for joining me. Good to be here, Robbie. Don't forget to smile, everyone.